Hey there, it's Melissa Brunetti, and welcome to the Mind Your Own Karma podcast. Hey there, Karma Crew. Thanks for joining me on another episode of Mind Your Own Karma, The Adoption Chronicles. Today I have Michelle Sickler on the show. She was born and relinquished on Staten Island, New York in 1962. She was placed with her adoptive family at three weeks of age. She grew up in Queens, New York. Michelle found her natural family almost 13 years ago when she was 48. At that time, she found out her mother was African American. She describes her reunion as difficult, as many adoptees do. Her natural mother passed away in 2015. She has been married for almost 40 years and has four adult children and one granddaughter. Here is my interview with Michelle Sickler. Mind Your Own Karma is welcoming Michelle to the show today. Hi, Michelle. Hi. So it is Adoptee Awareness Month, and I'm so glad that you reached out to me to tell your story, because I think some of the things that you're going to tell us today are going to help a lot of people. So thanks for coming on. So why do you think that you were relinquished? Well, that's kind of complicated. Um, my parents were were young, but they weren't uh, terribly young. They were 19 and 22, and uh, they had actually uh, gotten married before I was born um, because I, I think they intended to to keep me. So I'm not sure what happened. My mother said that she was, um, they were working on uh, finishing in an apartment in my father's family's uh, house where they were going to live. And then she said suddenly um, she found herself moved to a different part of town. So I don't know. She may have had... Um, a little bit of um, multiple personality disorder. So she may have lost some time in between mm. that. That, But um, basically, and then she said that my father kept uh, pressuring her to, you know, give me up for adoption. She said that she went to a church that had a sign saying something about counseling for, um, you know, troubled uh, pregnancies. And she went to the church and they mentioned adoption for the first time. She had never thought of that. Mm -hmm. Her and my father had um, had an illegal abortion a few years previous. So the second time they got pregnant, I, they got married and they were planning to keep me until she went to this church. And they said, mentioned adoption. And then she told my father, and apparently he just loved the idea. He thought that was great. Moved to this apartment and uh, they made the plans then to relinquish me. Because reason, uh, either they weren't getting along or e each one blames the other. My right. father said that my mother wanted to keep her partying lifestyle. And my mother said that wasn't true. You know, I, so that that part's not terribly clear. Yeah. So were you relinquished right away after birth or what happened there? Do you know? Um, yeah, I do. My mother, you know, talked a lot about, <laughs> about all this stuff. And uh, I was with her in the hospital for five days. And then my father came and picked us up and drove us to the adoption agency. So the adoption agency didn't come to mm -hmm. the hospital or anything like that. They had to physically bring me there. And they did. And then they took turns holding me while they filled out paperwork. And then they, they left me there. Mm. 
How does that feel? Yeah, that 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 That's drive. Just, I you know can't yeah. help but think about how my mother was described as weeping by the social workers, mm. and she said she was crying the entire time. Oh my! God. And she was holding me in her arms. I mean, I can't understand how anyone could, uh, you know, do something like that. I know. I know. I am. I'm right there with you. So let's talk about your adoptive parents. Um, why did they decide to adopt? And like, were you a few days old when they got you or? Um, no, this was back in the early 60s. So I think they um, put you in foster care for a bit. Mm -hmm. So I was somewhere for about three weeks after the five days in the hospital. Then I was, gosh, who knows where? Yeah. Isn't that great? Just wondering <laughs> yeah, where you were was... at and who was taking care of you. It's, it's amazing. Every Thanksgiving, I'm like, where was my first Thanksgiving? I was somewhere with somebody. Yeah. You know, who knows? But yeah. yeah. And then um, I think about December 13th, when I was a month old, um, my parents uh, got me and they went to the adoption agency to pick me up. So I guess the foster parents had brought me there. And yeah, that's what happened. So I was a month old. And do you know why they decided to adopt? Did they have biological oh, children yeah. or? No, no, they couldn't have uh, children. They tried and um, my mother would often tell me about the surgery she went through and all the, you know, the pain she went through to try to have her own mm. kid. It was they were married 10 years before they finally, you know, decided to adopt. It wasn't something that they uh, really wanted to do by any means. Yeah. And were you the only child in the family? Did they adopt? Yeah, my mother suffered from um, my adoptive mother endometriosis, mm -hmm. and she had terribly painful, um, yeah. you know, periods. And uh, she was pretty, you know, kind of sickly, and you know, had to lay down for about a mm -hmm. week out of the every month. So they weren't interested in any okay. more kids. And what was your childhood like growing up with them? Um, yeah, it was all right. We lived in a, a one-bedroom apartment. I had to share a bedroom with um, my parents. Although um, my father slept on the couch, like I never remember my adoptive parents uh, sharing a bed. I would share the bedroom with my adoptive mother and my adoptive father would sleep on the couch. Um, it was quiet. We didn't uh, do much. You know, uh, they were, I guess, yeah, 32, not that older, but, you know, they they had already been married 10 years. Um, it wasn't a very child centered um, family. I, mm -hmm. I don't know how you would put that, but. Uh, they were they were okay you know it was it was fine just uh, yeah. yeah did they show emotion and like physical uh, emotion to you or? Yeah, yeah yeah they were they were nice you know but um my mother liked to work that was really what what gave her um a lot of pleasure so she went back when i was um six as soon as i you know was in school and then they would um you know on the su on summertime they would farm me out to different relatives of theirs one aunt a couple of years, another aunt a couple of more years, and then, you know, having to have someone take care of me after school, a neighbor. So, yeah. So. Yeah. And how did you find out you were adopted? Did they tell you? Did you always know? Or Yeah, they, they said the agency said to tell me. And so my adoptive mother used to tell me I was laying on the changing table and she'd say, you are adopted. I am your mother. And she said, <laughs> I would just stare at her. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I always knew. You always knew. Yeah. Did you search for your biological family at some point? Well, I did. Yeah. When I was um, younger, when I was about 11 or 12, I used to go to school in um, Manhattan and they had this big big place where they had all these phone books and I used to go look in the phone books because 
I had um, gone through my mother's, my adoptive mother's papers and found my, my name, which they wouldn't tell me, but I knew my last name. So I knew where I was born because it was on my amended birth certificate. It said where the original was filed. Really? So I was able to look um, up the last name and, and I probably had discovered um, who they were, but I was misinformed. My name was Mary Lee. And my adoptive mother told me that my mother's name was Mary and my father's name was Lee, but that wasn't the case at all. Neither of their names were that. Oh wow! So I don't know where I don't know where she got that from. So I was looking for a Mary or a Lee, and I never found them. So I never called anybody. But then I was very young, like eleven or twelve. And then um, when I was, I guess, in my late forties, I, I kind of thought that, you know, time is running out. I mean, uh, how long is everyone going to live? I think I should. If I ever want to see my, my mother, I better look for her. And I saw um, something on MTV with um, Run DMC, and it was in a, one of them was adopted, and I, they told me who the searcher was that they used, and I used that searcher. Oh, wow. And they found, they found uh, her, all of them, like within three days. Oh, my easily. gosh. Yeah, it was very fast. So was it like a detective agency? or It was a paid searcher. She's... um. You know, on a lot of shows. I don't know, can I say who it is? Am I allowed? I think it was Pam. It was Pam Slayton. I don't know if you ever heard of uh -uh. her. She's a searcher to the stars. You'll see. Oh, she's okay. A, yeah, she was just on um, uh, Jersey Shore. She was helping uh one of the Jersey Shore people. <laughs> like she does stuff like that. Yeah. And so, did they contact your biological family, or how did that go? No, they gave. Well, they did actually. They contacted an aunt. And, um, you know, she confirmed and then they um, I contacted my my mother and father on the phone myself. And, you know, they were um, surprised. My father said, oh, it's possible because, you know, he had actually he did have other kids that oh, we boy. found <laughs> later on. But but he was more like, yeah, it could happen. But yeah. And, uh, you know, it was them. They're still together. Yeah. They were still together. No, no, they weren't together, but they um, never lost contact. They saw each other throughout the years. And the families were in contact. It's a small town where they lived and everybody knew each other. Pretty and much. did they have any more children together? Not together. No, okay. No. So you have biological siblings from them. Yeah, both of them. My mother had um, a son. He's um, four or five years older than, younger than me, sorry, younger than me. And um, she was in his life for his entire life, although she did... Um, leave his father and he kind of lived with his father but she was always you know there she always she said she never went more than four days without speaking to him in, in mm. his life you know and my father well it turns out um i was on 23 and me and found out that i have another half sister who was raised with her mother and her mother's husband you know mm. they didn't know my father was the father apparently that was Oh boy! That, you know, <laughs> unexpected parental event type yeah. thing happened. Yeah, oh. so that's half sister, and then um, did you contact her? Um, yeah, yeah, I've spoken to her through ancestry. I never actually met. And at that either at that sister. time, did she know that that wasn't her dad? Well, that's how she found out. Oh, twenty three and me. Twenty three and me. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So yeah, then we we spoke. Um, she I did meet imagine. my father's family, but you know, I I didn't meet her at all. Yeah. And so you had a sister from him and some more siblings. Yeah, he um, ended up marrying a younger woman. I think he started 
you know, going out with her when she was like 14 and oh, at some point he married her. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a friendly guy. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way and to they, put it. Yeah. And they have uh, two kids who are basically the age of my children. My, my brother, the youngest is 32 years younger than me. So it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And have you I, met um, met them? Any of them? I've met the the brother. I've met both my brothers. My brother through my mother, and my brother through my mm-hmm. father. I've not met either sister. And then we found my mother always told me that my father had another son with a friend, and it was the friend um, raised also raised this son with her husband as the father. But it was my father's son. Yeah. And uh, the family, his family, said no, no, that's not true. But then on twenty three and Me. Um, a young man came up and he's related to my father. He's my father's grandson through the son. Oh, wow. So it was obviously was his son, but that son had passed away young oh. from, I don't know what, in his 30s. And mm. he gave his son up for adoption. Oh, wow. The, my father's son gave his son up for adoption. Yeah. Did you meet your biological parents or did you just talk to him over the phone? I did. No, I, I met them. Yeah. Um, we had a relationship for a while. It was, um, yeah, it was tough. Um, you know, I think I had a lot of, um, you know, anger and unresolved uh, feelings that I maybe showed a little bit and they kind of got, got, uh, how old were you then? That I guess. And, uh, mm-hmm. oh, 48. So pretty recent. <laughs> I wasn't young or anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, like, uh, yeah. Now it's like 13 years. Yeah. It will be 13 years in December. But um, yeah, they um, kind of you know backed off a little, and I haven't really heard from. Well, my mother passed away. Actually, she mm-hmm. passed away in 2015. But even the last year of her life, she didn't want any contact with me. Although we we had a you know pretty good relationship. Um, but I don't know what, why exactly she didn't want contact. I mm-hmm. never was able to really understand yeah. too much. But so. Going through your own reunion experience, what advice would you give people that maybe you didn't think about and would have wished you did? <laughs> mm. Well, I wish that I had maybe, um, I guess, move more slowly. Like we just like the first time I met my mother, I met her in the city. She's like, oh, let's go to my son's house. And we got in the car and drove to her son's house. And I met you know, my brother, and then I met his wife, and then I met, you know, her son, and then another sister was nearby, my mother's half sister, and she came over too, and it was a lot. And yeah, we we saw each other a lot in the in the beginning. And, um, you know, I guess move more slowly, but I don't know if you can, I wasn't prepared for the way I would feel. I don't know how I would have prepared for it, because it was, I had no idea what it would be like. And so in the beginning, it sounds like your mom was super excited and, yeah, you know, and then, you know, something happened. That's kind of my story too, where it just kind of fizzled out. And then at some point she was just like, okay, I don't want to have yeah. this relationship anymore. Do you have any idea what happened? I think she really got upset because my, apparently the story that I was told, even I was told this by my adoptive parents was that my parents um, told their families that I had died at birth. Oh, to wow. explain why they didn't come home with a baby because they were married and she was pregnant and they knew she was pregnant. So conveniently, they they thought up this death thing. So eh, that always kind of bothered me. Even when I was a kid, I was like, 
do I have a grave somewhere? Like what? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Have, yeah. Bad stuff about that. But you know, that I found out what really would happen is that they would take you to like this pauper's field and, you know, bury you in a mass grave. So that was very upsetting to me. And I, I guess I, I, I told my mother, you know, you know, how could you do that? But yeah, she didn't take too kindly to that kind of talk. So yeah, she didn't want to get into the nitty gritty. She just wanted to pick up and pretend like it was all good I think that's kind of probably what what was going on with my mom too yeah and so you were you said you were like 11 or 12 and you found you know paperwork with your name on it or whatever you were looking at phone books and stuff Mm -hmm. I mean that's a pretty young age you were already searching absolutely yeah you know we never spoke about it in my my house or my family I think I remember being very young like like three and saying, oh, looking in the mirror and saying something about my other mother and my adoptive mother's like, you don't have another mother, you know, it's like, oh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, my thought was like, wow, this lady, I can't, you know, trust her. This is not someone I can talk about this stuff to. So I just shut that down. And right. that's hard because then the kid is just making up their own idea of what happened without any help from anybody. It's very you shouldn't do that to a kid right you know? yeah so i did a recent interview with another adoptee that kind of found out that their heritage was different than they thought originally <laughs> and um they were surprised but in a strange way it was kind of affirming like they knew they kind of already knew so do you mm-hmm. want to talk about that a little bit and how you felt yeah yeah when when i was um growing up with my adoptive mother I would always like point to my skin. I'm like, my mom, my skin's green. Look, it's green. She's like, no, it's not green. What's wrong with you? I was like, I don't know. There's something. And I would, I would go to the beach with my my friends, and you know, they would get sunburned, and I would just kind of get tan. You know, I would burn sometimes, but not as fast as they did. And I always thought, like, I don't know what that is. But my um background from the agency said that I was um, Italian. So I was like, all right, Italian. That sounds pretty good. So then I met my mother. <laughs> <laughs> and you know she had what they described it in the agency back then was sallow tones okay have you ever heard of that her skin had sallow tones huh. so i looked that up and it's like yellowish tones like so she had the, that same kind of yeah. greenish yellowish skin uh-huh. <laughs> and she had nice thick curly hair you know <laughs> i didn't get that but um you know she was sitting down and she said well you know, I, I was worried that you wouldn't get adopted because you were a mixed race baby. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> mixed with what? She said, oh, black. And I was like, what? You know, she said, well, her father, you know, was um, um black man who was light skinned, very light skinned and, and kind of passing. But he was known in the town. I mean, he, his, his identity was, was black. He was, you know, that's so what that was. was your grandfather. My grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. And I had, well, I don't know if you could see me, but I had, abs- you know, I had, well, I didn't think it was that, but I had no idea that that was the case. But 23andMe has uh, borne that out. And I've also been on Ancestry and I could see going back when the family, you know, they were marked as B back then. And, you know, they definitely uh, were. But most of the, um, my grandfather's siblings all married white. and now um, my generation is pretty we're pretty much white there is another branch of the family that that didn't they they they're they stayed black 
But um, yeah, that was um, you know, I was surprised because they lied. They didn't put um black down on the paperwork because that would might have prevented me wow. from being adopted. Wow. I don't know if yeah. my adoptive family would have even looked at me if they saw that. Mm. I don't know that they would have. They said, oh, yeah, we would. I don't know that that's the case. Mm -hmm. This is 1962 you're talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. So yeah. you were surprised, but not shocked. Like it kind of, you, you right. yeah, it, things were kind of like, oh, that's why this, that. And it also made sense to why my father, you know, didn't turn to his family for more help. Maybe they didn't want that kind of person in, in the family. My parents were married, but then about um, 18 months later, the marriage was annulled, like annulled in, in you know, the um, court, I guess. I, I found the papers. I went to, um, you know, the records place in, in the, the town. And yes, it was annulled. Not, you know, it was annulled oh. because of, um, like, because they never had sex. I don't know what that was, what it was called. But, yeah. like, you know, but that was what it was for. But I mean, obviously, <laughs> they did. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. But why did they have the marriage annulled? I mean, yeah. that wouldn't have helped my mother at all, the poor thing. She was 19 years old. She got pregnant, got married, gave the baby up for adoption, then had the marriage annulled. I mean, her head must have been just spinning. Mm -hmm. You can imagine going through all that. And why the annulment? Who was behind that? I, I don't know. Interesting. So do you have a relationship with your biological father now? No, no, I don't. I heard that um, he had maybe some kind of brain issue. Um, this My sister who I found on 23andMe has met him and said that he has some some cognitive issues. I mean, I, I hope, I think he's alive. I don't know. Mm. He was born in 40, so now he'd be 83. Mm -hmm. I hope someone would tell me if he passed, but I'm not 100% sure if anyone would. Right. Did you go to your mom's funeral or did they? I, I didn't. I did go visit her. I visited her in the hospital when she um was ill. I hadn't known. And then somebody told me, you know, your mother's in the hospital. So I was like, I left work and I got on the train and the bus and I went to the hospital. She was in Manhattan. And um, I went to see her and I walked in and I guess it was summer. So I was wearing white. She said, oh, it was like an angel just <laughs> walked in, you know, and I would visit her in the hospital and we didn't talk about anything, anything bad. So we, yeah. I did that for a couple of months until she actually passed away. And um, her sister, half sister lived in Michigan and um, I paid for her to have a bus ticket to come to New York to visit, you know, to stay with my mother. And she stayed with her in the hospital. And yeah, I was allowed to stay and visit her, you know, while she was, was sick. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, the only times that we were ever together was in the hospital, the five days before yeah. when I was born and then when she was wow. dying. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm sad. So, you know, the term, the fog. <laughs> yeah. Were mm -hmm. you ever in the fog? Do you feel like? Oh, yeah, I, I think so. Because as a child. It was like forbidden to think about it or even, you know, say anything. My friends didn't know. I don't think my mother told my teachers or anything like that. Like nobody knew it was so hidden. We didn't talk about it. We pretended like everything was just, you know, the way a regular other family mm -hmm. would be. But and, uh, I knew I was like, I'm not related to these people. You know, we'd sit around the, the table on a holiday and they'd start laughing and their laughs were all the same, you know, and I'm like, well, that's not me. I could go to see 
my my adoptive mother's family. I can go to see my adoptive father's family, but I can't go to see my family. I don't know who they are. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you see any resemblances like that? Like you were talking about the laughing or any tendencies when you met your biological family? Did you see? Jeez. Oh, yeah. My um, the first time I saw my biological mother, I saw a picture. I'm like, oh yeah, that's her. Like it was no, there would be no doubt in my mind. We had a strong resemblance. Strong. Like people would like do a double take. Like when I visit her in the hospital, people yeah. just like look like you could, yeah. And we just have this way of moving. Just everything was Isn't we're very weird? similar. It is. Yeah. And even our voice, like my, my aunt, especially, I have an aunt who's um four years older than me and we're, we're pretty close. It's my mother's youngest sister. My mother was the oldest. Um, her family was, had a lot of problems. Her mother was probably abused by her own father. And uh, mm. so she acted pretty bad. She was a drinker. She was uh, promiscuous. She had, um, this is back in the forties you know, and fifties. She had seven kids with seven different guys, none of whom were around. Oh, wow. So the kids were, you know, abused because no one was really looking out for them. So this is my mother's youngest little sister. Um, and uh, oh, I forgot where it was. <laughs> you, you, we were talking about if you looked like them or acted like them. Or yeah. Anything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of close to her. I'm closer to the people in my my um, mother's family. I'm I'm close with some cousins also but in my father's family there's absolutely nobody no who talks to me at all they're yeah. more conservative mm -hmm. and my my mother's family my other cousin they're both like biracial you know they're not as um invested in in following the rules as maybe my father's family is yeah. i guess it's just different and when you met your mother how did you compartmentalize what role she was going to play in your life i mean did did, what did, did you call her mother? Did you, yeah, you know, well, I, how did I she felt fit? like I felt like she was my mother because we looked exactly alike. I felt like she was my mother and I'd been, you know, looking for her my, my whole life. I did hide it at first from my adoptive family. I got a PO box to get mail. So I wouldn't, you know, get it at the house because my adoptive mother actually lived with us. Mm. So yeah, I tried it first, but then after a while, um, she kind of found out, she figured it out. And, uh, you know, I did come clean and they, they eventually met. They actually all came over here for, for a Christmas once. Wow. Yeah. But um, I I wanted her to be uh, my, my mother in a way that I guess wasn't really possible. Mm, yeah. So your adoptive parents, how did they react when they found out? Well, my adoptive father was already hit, passed away. Um, my adoptive mother didn't really love it, but, but uh, she said when I first when she first found out, I'm surprised you didn't look earlier. And I thought, well, you're the one who like beat it into my head that, you know, you're, yeah. you're my only, Not I'm your only mother. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, why would you look for someone who got rid of you? You know, and she said you were dead and all these things that, that she told me, she told me all these things. So I was like, well, that's why I didn't. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. And how did the, when you said you guys had Christmas together, how was that? Was that very uncomfortable? <laughs> It was very strange. Yeah. I don't know. Whenever my family was around, you know, my natural family, it just felt so wrong. Like everything seemed like, I don't know, it's like through a filter or something. It was very hard for me to to understand it. And actually what happened was I, I had a little too much to drink that night. I ended up uh, getting sick oh. because I guess I was trying to um, yeah. 
calm get down the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I didn't realize that I was uh, had that much, but yeah, I was ended up, you know, having to go upstairs and be sick for a little bit. Yeah, I am. Um, <sighs> I've had you know other people on the show that have had that same kind of experience where the adoptive parents and the you know biological family come together and um yeah. <laughs> how uncomfortable it is and you know and everybody else looking in would think oh that's so great you had everybody yeah. together and yeah. you know but it's yeah. it's very very uncomfortable because you're trying to juggle like you said the adoptive parents and trying to you know right. be very careful with that and at the same time yeah. trying to be welcoming to these biological people and it's just like and you're get you get lost in the middle of it somewhere, you know? Yeah, that's kind of how it <laughs> felt. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So do you think that adoptees can heal from the primal wound? I mean, I don't know separation? Uh, about about healing. I, I, I mean, you have to can you can live, obviously. Um, but no, it, it's always going to hurt. I mean, it's always going to be painful. There's no I don't think there's any getting around that. I mean, I know. I've heard people say that that they they have, but uh, if you touch it, it's still gonna it's gonna smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, how have you personally dealt with you know your adoption? If you if you call it a trauma or the primal mm -hmm. wound, how what has helped you? Um, you know, I've I've gone to uh, therapy, but that never never worked. The last therapist I had, um, you know said that um her cousin adopted some kids and so they were so happy and you know couldn't understand basically why i didn't feel the same way so we kind of had a big fight you know and my <laughs> i left i left that therapy <laughs> yeah and then i had another guy and i just wow. told him all this stuff and he's like well i don't know what I, what you want me to do for you and i'm like i thought you were supposed to be oh my gosh but yeah so then um i basically just um keep keep going on you know i tried i I accept what happened. There's nothing I could do about it. It's just that you have to get up in the morning and and then get on with the day. And uh, you know, my life isn't a. I'm not totally misery every second. Yeah. It's not like, you know, you live and you, you, people have things that they have to live with. If uh, your spouse dies, you live with that. It's like that. You live with it. It's not. You'd like it to be different, but it's not, and uh, it's just part of you. Yeah. Did you have kids? I have four. Yeah. I couldn't wait to have kids. Boy, oh boy. I wanted a family. Yeah. Was, and how was, was that? Like looking yeah, that's at great. them for the first time as an adoptee. Oh, God. Wonderful. That was the best thing ever. I met my first relative in the delivery room. I was like, yes, this is great. And yeah, he looked just like me. Our baby pictures are like, I <laughs> and yeah, they, they all look, they have a strong resemblance. I think something in my mother, it might be the African gene or something that makes us all look alike. We do. We have that same, same look, whatever oh, it is. Funny. Yeah. And but, do yeah, you think, so... do you think being adopted affected how you parented your children? Were you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I was like, Oh, I just love them. If they said fighting with their sister, I was like, how could you fight with your sister? How could you, <laughs> you have a sister? You're so <laughs> I know, right? You're lucky. Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I was definitely, um, you know, I just loved having relatives. I was so happy to just have somebody. Were you like super protective or? Not really. No, I don't know. They, we, we live in um, a suburban neighborhood. You know, they'd go out and play, ride their bikes, all that stuff. Um. I think I was pretty normal that way, but I was just, uh, you know, just they're all there. That's it. That's my whole family. So the, did um, you ever have any um, problems with attachment 
disorder type of things, even in other relationships? Um, I don't, I don't think so. No, not, not really. I, I mean, it's pretty healthy attachment. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Luckily that doesn't seem to be a big issue. I mean, my adoptive parents were, you know, good. My physical needs were met. I didn't have any, you know, deprivation or really abuse or anything like that. So I can't say maybe that, that helped I'm sure. Yeah. So in closing, what would you like struggling adoptees to know? Well, I'd like them to know that they're not the only ones who feel this way. I mean, growing up, you know, we didn't have the, the internet or anything. I was the only adoptee I knew. In fact, I knew another girl, but we never talked about it mm. even amongst ourselves, mm -hmm. even when we were alone these days. I mean, it's, it's a lot better and it's so yeah. good to know that, you know, there are other people who feel like I do. I thought I was the only one because everyone would say, Oh no, you're so lucky. What do you mean? It's the same thing. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's not, and to know it's not, that's okay. It's okay. That it's not the same. Yeah. It's not acknowledging your feelings and having that community now is so great. The social media part of it is, you know, just open the door. And, um, I mean, even for me, I thought I was pretty well adjusted kind of like you, I, you know, I had yeah. great parents and, you know, just going yeah. along with my life and all that was great. And I was just like, I get on these forums and I'm just like blown away at some of these stories and, you know, some of the heartaches and just, I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> I yeah, don't know how absolutely. you get through some of the stories. I just thank God I didn't have to deal with a lot of that. But um, yeah, I think telling right. those stories is so important, you know, yeah, so that other people can hear it too and, and know that their feelings are validated and they, you know, that it's okay to have them. Absolutely. That was the, yeah, a big thing. Yeah. People should know. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything else that you wanted to share about your experience that we didn't cover? Yeah, just that my um, since my adoptive mother passed away, we I really don't have any contact with my adoptive family either. Not really much at all. You know, sometimes those relationships are the the adoptive family goes along with it because mm -hmm. your adoptive parent is alive, so they accept you more. But once they're gone, kind of some of those relationships kind of kind of oh, wow. go away too. That's another thing. I, I don't think when you give a baby up for adoption, people go that far down the road and yeah. what happens when you're like my age, I don't have really, you know, no brothers and sisters, no aunts, uncles, cousins. Yeah. Do you have grandkids? Like I have one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do they yeah, live by you? Great. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's great. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. then you can make your own, own family and your own memories and yep, that's you know. what you have to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today and being vulnerable and sharing your story. I know it's going to help other people. Oh, thank you so much. That was nice. Thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on the show and telling your story. It takes a lot of courage to step out and be vulnerable, especially as adoptees, where we tiptoe around everyone else's feelings. And we feel like we can't tell our truth because we fear rejection and abandonment. And so we end up abandoning ourselves. I came across a new saying. If you've listened to me for any amount of time, you know, I love quotes. And this is my new favorite. And it just fits so well with the adoptee narrative. And the quote is, the journey is inevitable. The baggage is optional. The journey is inevitable. 
the baggage is optional. I love that so much. And in my own life, I've found that to be 100% true. It is possible to heal from adoption trauma. It is possible to get relief. And if you're tired of carrying the baggage, please email me at mindyourownkarma at gmail.com. I have been certified in an up-and-coming new modality called Somatic Mindful Guided Imagery. And if you want to know more about SMGI, you can go to my website, somatichealingjourneys.com. But what I want you to know is that I am giving away three free two-hour sessions of SMGI in the month of November. This modality has done wonders for me, and I have seen amazing transformations in my clients as well. If you want to know more about how to enter, go to my website, somatichealingjourneys.com. If you would like to experience the benefits of somatic meditation, I will be co-facilitating a Zoom retreat starting November 19th. The Eventbrite link for that retreat is in the show notes. As always, take what you need and leave what you don't. And always remember to mind your own karma. I'll see you next time. Hey there, it's Melissa, your host of the Mind Your Own Karma podcast, and I just wanted to share a quick story with you. Have you ever had a strange encounter with serendipity? I was attending an adoptee discussion a while back, and one of the members who was an adoptee, and I'm guessing was about in their late 60s or maybe a little older, said, I've had all this body pain since I was four years old, and I have no idea where it's coming from. And for some reason in that moment, I don't know why, but I wrote down what they said and I stuck it on my wall in my office. And a few days later, I went to my masseuse who had some traumatic life situations happen and she said, hey, did I tell you about this SMGI session I had? And she proceeded to tell me about how SMGI can heal trauma that is stored in the body by using a gentle technique of meditation, hypnotherapy, and following somatic signals to repair dis-ease that can be stored in our bodies due to trauma. She was amazed at the incredible results and in that moment I knew this was something I had to bring to the adoptee community and I felt so strongly about it that I signed up for the six-month intensive course and I'm now a certified somatic mindful guided imagery practitioner who has experienced this healing myself and I am ready and excited to share this innovative therapy with you. If you are still searching for your healing combination check out my website somatic healing journey for more information. You can also send me a message or sign up for a free call to discuss your needs and to see if this up and coming modality might benefit you. That's somatichealingjourneys.com for more information. The links are in the show notes.